Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Dailies featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Now, um, we were joined by Rupert Bell once again, who gave us racing commentary. Yes, it it proved quite tricky. It did, and we had a chat about a great day in racing. On this we did, day yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an on this day, um, famous, on iconic day. moment. Uh, Ian Danter joined us, commentator and uh, broadcaster and... Uh, uh, Etc. Uh, musician, but he's got a new podcast which he told yeah, us about, and a famous old clip got an airing. You'll hear that. Um, Mike Ward joined us for a, um, for the Knights TV. Now you may be listening to this after the Knights TV has happened, but of course you can always catch up on iPlayer. Yeah, and Mike's been great. We've had him on every day uh, since the crisis really started. And he's yeah. given us some great tips, hasn't he? So uh, you'll you'll get a bit of a feel of what's worth watching on TV, whether it's uh, on iPlayer or not. And what else? We had a chat. Didn't yes, we? we did. Yeah. We did. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yes, good afternoon, Paul. And a sign that lights... Good night last night. What did you get up oh, to? Oh, yeah, you know, very good, really. Uh, oh, OK, I'll come back to that. Uh, yes, we did... Oh, no, you can, you can... Sorry, you can do that. I just no, I wasn't absolutely. giving you a curveball. You do your pre-rehearsed bits, Andy. <laughs> pre-rehearsed. I don't, I don't want to throw you. <laughs> Because people might no, think this show is that. slung together. <laughs> well, it isn't. Like, I had a chat with Wally Downs in on House Party. Did in the house in the car <laughs> coming in? I'd love to have seen the series Wally Downs House Party. <laughs> I think it would have knocked Knowles into a cop hat. Good, there is, the thing was, I I watched last night um, the, the Crazy Gang. Oh yeah, BT excellent films. documentary. Yeah, that's very right. good documentary. Fascinating. And then I saw Wally was on House Party, so I thought oh, I'll have a chat with him. So we had right. a nice chat, and uh, he's doing well. But he's, you know, he's got eighty four year old mum, so he's got to look after her. And, yeah, yeah. You know, but it was interesting actually because to get his take on it, that you know, that he felt that the, the documentary was good, but it really centred on the cup final. Yeah. And he said, you know, the build up to that over the previous twelve years was so key, and he thought that was yeah. a bit. Sort of slightly skirted well, over, read, but that's his view. I've got obviously. the book at home that Wally was uh, involved with, and mm. um, that that kind of does tell that story. That's much more the full story of of the crazy yeah. gang and how it all but came what about. An ethos. This but, I mean, that's a great. If you're making a documentary, and at the end of it is a team that goes all that way and then beats Liverpool at Wembley. Cops. I mean, you know, that's yeah. always going to be no, a lot of And it's called cool, How Wimbledon Won the Cup. I, I think so, if you, you know. the, the book certainly does tell the tale brilliantly. But yeah. uh, Vinnie Jones, at one point, he describes Dave Bassett. This is the key, was the key moment for me in the whole film. He described Dave Bassett as the head warden. 
And I thought, that's absolutely <laughs> right. They, they had the mentality of a prison team. Yeah. They really did, and they were they were tough. I mean, Fash was hard, you know, yeah. really hard. His tough love speech to John Scales. But, I mean, John Scales was sort of intimidated by the whole thing when he first got there. He wasn't well, they, that sort of bloke The story was that they would do all these things, uh, John Hartson and all the mm. others have told us these tales of super gluing people's shoes to the wall and setting light to their suits and throwing them out the window. Yeah. One of the worst ones I've heard was... Or even Leonardson, when he went there, his, after his first session, they did a little running session. He finished it. He was in like a, a white, like a training T-shirt and a pair yeah. of shorts and some sort of green flash or something. They've been running through yeah, the yeah. gym. He finishes the gym session and apparently he's then bundled into the back of a van. <laughs> he doesn't know where he is. <laughs> he's only been in England for a very short time. And he's driven out into the country and they sort of leave him there. He's got no money. He can't phone anybody. He can't do anything. They did some mad things. They did the same similar thing to Terry Gibson. They, they put his boots on the roof. So Terry had to go out through this window, mm. quite dangerous, to get the boots. And while he's outside getting the boots, they shut the window. So yeah. he's stuck on the roof. The, 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 the Apparently the, the line in the sand moment was uh, Mick Harford, one of the world's nicest men, but also possibly the world's hardest Very man. hard man. And um, apparently in the dressing room when he turned up for training, there was a bit of talk of what they might do, and someone said, no, we're not doing anything. <laughs> Just leave it, not Mick. <laughs> he, he, he's all right. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you can't, you don't you can't touch it. Don't, don't set light to his suit. But Sam Hamamu was such a wonderful character, of course, and he told the story of how he, this links back to Mike Bovell, how he uh, said to Bobby Gould, if you want Terry Gibson, you've got to eat these sheep's eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, it, was it your short eyes? Sheep's eyes. Wasn't wasn't te testicles? Testicles. Yeah, yeah you, you always get those two mixed up, don't oh, yeah, you? Yeah, well I do, really. which is really <laughs> what, bad in the opticians. What is? <laughs> honestly, nearly got arrested. No, because no, we've what talked about Bovary. Testicles. Testicles. Yeah. Okay, not, spe not spectacles. <laughs> no. So, yeah. uh, no, it's, it's yeah. Because oh, yeah. do you remember, Sam, Sam's favourite... Sam's favourite... No, it memory. wasn't eyes. There's a big difference. Oh, there's you don't, a massive You don't know your eyes from your testicles, do you? <laughs> uh, Sam sent us some from his favourite Lebanese restaurant. That's, and that's right. how Mike Bovell ate them on the show, because he ate them like Pringles. He, he, did, he, he just couldn't stop. He, into them, they were a bit pappy. I quite liked them, actually. They had a they had an interesting texture, but I could, I could they had a flavour to them. Yeah. I mean, I've been... I don't have them regularly. But, uh, anyway, so yeah. I was quite fascinated as well by Dennis Wise's new increased hair that he certainly didn't have when he was playing. Yeah. It's like he could be in the English game. It's like a real foppish sort of hair. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, he could have played for Royal Engineers with that haircut, couldn't he? That's very true. Good stuff. Uh, very grateful to my friend Rob, uh, Rob Stokes, who sent me yeah. some letters from... Uh, Basically, old football magazines. Oh, right, OK. And uh, I've got to go through them because there's loads of them. But I just, We'll do some of those later, I just spotted one that I wanted to read quite quickly. Where mm. is it? Hold on, if I can find it. Uh, I knew I wouldn't be able to find it quickly. No, yeah. you can't find it quickly. Can't find it quickly. Yeah, let him find it slowly. Okay. Um, yeah, we're gonna. I've got a couple of stories for you about football magazine letters. Um, we hope to talk about dog racing today, being the only sport that survived. But in course, of course, after the prime minister's announcement last night, even dog racing has has bitten the dust Here in this is. country. Oh, you found it? Okay. It's from Matthew Griggs in Colchester in Essex. Yeah. I presume this was in the late eighties. As much as I enjoyed the Liverpool versus. Newcastle televised FA Cup tie. Commentator John Motson really got on my nerves. Aye, aye. Every time a Liverpool player touched the ball, he praised them to the skies. Is he a Liverpool supporter? <laughs> Can't you do something about him? 
do something about him or take out a contract on him. But Motti was, was saying that magazine. to us yesterday, wasn't he? Motti was yeah. saying that people always accused him of being a, this fan or that yeah. fan, but actually it was Chelsea. In the early days of the magazine, I used to edit 90 Minutes. We, we've One of the boot... It might have been Deodora, I think, but one of the boot companies, kindly, they, the sales department did a promo and you'd give away a pair of boots to the star letter mm. of the week, yeah. right? So all we'd ever... We'd say to people, send us in your letter and give us your shoe size. And uh, and so the star letter of the week would get uh, this pair of boots. Nice. And this bloke wrote to us once and said, I c- dear 90 Minutes, I can't stand your magazine. I've tried about, <laughs> but for, I, for me, it's absolute rubbish. And I won't be buying it again. Yours, Chris Smith, Derby, brackets, size 11. You're having a laugh, mate, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's the bloke who's going to get the boots. That's a chance. You know, our letter it? of the week works. It's got to be a bit more fawning than that. <laughs> Excellent. Now, Dave Kidd came up with a good idea, the Sun columnist. Yeah, really he certainly liked this did, day. Yeah. Well done. Uh, and he made the point that, uh, you know, if you need a bit of a lift, he said, uh, he was talking about being with sportsman Adam Peaty, and he'd never heard of Grandstand, which yeah. apparently stopped broadcasting 13 years ago. So he's getting old. If you, if you fancy hearing the theme tune, it's a bit of a pick pick me up during these apo- no, sorry, apocalyptic times. I can't even say it. That's how bad it is. <laughs> Ap- Ap- yeah, exactly. Your favourite film. Ap- Ap- Azerbaijan. Now. As they say. That's it, yeah. So, yeah, it's true. So we thought um, we might do that because it, it's a kind of feel-good thing, isn't it? When, yeah. when you hear a, a sporting theme tune, it transports you back to... Be- well, it transports yeah. you back to a time when there was sport. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, and we're going to so do it every helps. day, aren't we? Gonna, we every are. day we're going to play we'll a, take a, some a of your suggestions. Theme, yeah. Cinnamon to at TS and J T S H A N D J talksport.com text 81089 and uh, we'll give you a name check we'll play a different one every day and we're going to kick off today aren't we with grandstand so yes. just close your eyes sit back think of those heady days but first let's wallow in a bit of uh, grandstand Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We bring you racing from Turf Fontaine. Just a bit of fun, chance to uh, have a bit of a, well, you can have a real one if you want, but a virtual one. Um, and just pick a name based on, you like the sound of it, a bit like you used to do the National when you were a kid. Rupert Bell's your commentator from Turf Fontaine. We're well, not from Turf Fontaine, obviously. Good afternoon, Rupert. <laughs> yeah, self-isolating uh, in Turf Fontaine. <laughs> yeah, he's taking himself to South Africa to do it. Well, um, the race will be underway soon, so maybe we should just, we'll talk in a minute because there's a few other bits to run past you. And it's an anniversary of a great racing infamous racing moment but before that should we go through the card for mm. the 220 uh, yes good afternoon from myself isolating on a cotswold hill um, <laughs> uh, american hustle is number one captain courteous is number two mm. uh three and four are non-runners but odin named after a japanese fish cake is the favorite number five rock of africa is number six culture trip is number seven pigeon rock is number eight Battle of Trafalgar is number nine and Valitorio is number 10. But there are eight runners. Turfentain, uh, as we, we went, I went there last week and I'm back again. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, in the middle of Johannesburg on the high veld. It's a turf tra- 
So lovely, lush covering of grass uh, for this, um, in South African terms, I think it's perceived as quite a good race. But Odin is our favourite uh, if you are thinking of having a virtual um, uh, flutter okay. on this uh, on visit Pigeon tab Rock. online. Pigeon Rock for Andy, yeah. right? Pigeon got, Rock. I'm now, looking, I might I'm looking get this one wrong hmm. because there are two horses in identical colours. Oh, that's helpful. And given what happened last time I was in South <laughs> Africa, um, anything could happen. So I, I may if Pigeon Rock... Um, gets called the winner and I suddenly realise it's culture trip. Do apologise, listeners. Uh, I've um, gone Battle of but, Trafalgar. Uh, I'm looking for great British victories at the moment as we we have a battle on, albeit not a military one. So I'm going Battle of Trafalgar, Rupert. Well, um, I'm going to go for Captain Courteous. OK, talk to um, listener. Let's ask them, what are they going for? Very good. OK, so they've made their choice as well. <laughs> so let me the best man or woman win. Um, well, um, I think... Um, it's six for I think it's six furlongs, so it will be over in just over a minute. Good, oh, that's and, good. Um, that's your catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if I could be so lucky. This is not very Peter O'Sullivan, is it? No, it's, um, not, it's a bit, a bit, yeah, not quite as together as that. No, well, you know, come on. But, but we'll, we'll, we'll try and do it. But there's a couple of horses who are, they nearly got most of them in mm. um, for this race. So um, uh, for this tab online, some, uh, it's another long title. Um, <laughs> they seem to like that in, in South Africa for the their tab race. Online, I, I miss, um, hang on, I've got to read out what it is. It's the tab online, Mr. 96 Handicap. That's exactly what well, it is. Of course is. it is. I love Mr. 96. But I always, I always feel sorry for the horses that are in the traps already starting stalls yeah. and then there's sort of messing about with the other ones like there's a couple or one it seems unfair on the ones that are sort of like stuck Standing in there that did their job um, well actually mostly they're all trained to do this so hmm. it's not that bad okay. it's when you've got fractious little two year olds you know yesterday we had a horse uh, that got a little bit sort of worked up because they were these are more experienced horses so they're quite used to um, sort of standing in the stalls Although the one in stall seven is getting a little bit um, worked up. And that, according to my list, oh, um, they've changed it all. Um, so <laughs> when they take non-runners, they don't alter anything. But I think that would be Battle of Trafalgar is the one that's getting a little bit um, worked up in oh, the stalls at the moment. But there's a couple... the, the jockeys often stand up, don't they, or take the weight off yeah. the horse. So. <clears throat> yeah. And, and here they also have a stalls handlers standing with them in the uh, sort, of, sort of resting on parts of the stalls to keep the horse calm. Um, and I can't see there is one horse obviously causing a bit of a problem. Yeah. Uh, Rock in. of Africa is, is being there he is. Rock of Africa is being cajoled, pushed, urged into the stalls. Well, you don't at get the this moment. with the dogs. They just go in like nice and easy. <laughs> well, no, occasionally when, it, when I did a dog commentary once where. The, um, the the dog refused oh, to come off. out and went and waggled his tail um, and then burst into laughter. But anyway, we digress. We're off. Because we are indeed <laughs> up and running. And I can assure you, I love the sound effects again, that the <laughs> Battle of Trafalgar has gone into the lead and has for company American Hustle. On the outside of that one is Culture Trip. On the inside behind is Rock of Africa. Odin at the moment is the back marker of this field as they're making a long sweeping turn and it's still Battle of Trafalgar who leads and he's got for company now culture trip and uh, it is moving on sweetly now to try and challenge and uh, in fact now there is um, it's only six runners in the race so I'm not quite oh. sure what's happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I could have but uh, Odin is still in it. So this is the, when you only get a last-minute picture. But out in front, it is still Battle of Trafalgar, who's keenly on, on. And he's got Culture Trip trying to uh, uh, pick up on the outside of this one. Uh, and then it is on the inside rock of Africa. But leading now is American Hustle, just seems to have taken up. But Battle of Trafalgar is coming back for more, but he's not going to get there. It's going to be a win for American Hustle. Oh. And suddenly it was a six-runner race oh. instead of an eight-runner race. Should have been a ten-runner race. What the heck happened there? That was but exciting. I can assure you, American Hustle won it. Oh, the well, going sounded a bit hard to me. It did. It did sound, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did sound like... Uh, Good to soft firm. in turpentine. Very, it's obviously very rock firm. hard. According. Well, that was brilliant. It was just like being there, Rupert. It really it was. was. Sensational, honestly. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I'm right up there with some of my finest work. I, I, I do apologise that they keep changing the numbers of the runners. So there may mm. have been uh, a horse withdrawn down at the start, but I have at least got the one-two, right? American Hustle, Battle of Trafalgar, a 10-to-1 winner. 10 to one, Should yeah. anyone nice. have been on that particular Nice. Horse? Well done. I hope well, you were yeah. on it. Yeah, now, this is, the, this is an anniversary. Back in uh, 1956, uh, this on was the day, day the Grand National was, yeah. uh, was run uh, on this day, and it was uh, a very, very famous moment. Let's bring you, let's bring you uh, the commentary of that day, and then we'll talk more about it in a moment. This year, there are two royal entries, both owned by the Queen Mother, Devonlock and Matubu. Devonlock is widely fancied. He's in the favourite half-dozen with Must, Carey's Cottage, Sundew, Pipikin and ESB. But as the field lines up, the Nationals as wide open as ever. Jump 27, and it's Devonlock half a length ahead of Eagle Lodge. Jockey Dick Francis is pushing Devonlock ahead inch by inch. Eagle Lodge is beginning to tire, but there's still plenty of power in the royal horse. Devonlock's going strongly at jump 29, and he looks to the crowd as though a royal wins a certainty. Into the final straight with victory in sight for Devonlock. He's clear away from ESB and Gentle Boyer. Only 40 yards to go. Devonlock can't lose. But he slipped. He's down. ESB streaks past to win by 10 lengths, with Gentle Boyer second and Royal Tan third. Devon locks on his feet again, but it's too late. The most tragic defeat in Grand National history. Oh, yes. That was still Rupert doing the commentary. I think it was. His it voice was. has changed about over the years. It was... Um, it the was, same sound effect that we use here. It's an iconic sporting moment. People still... I say people, Andy, of course, using an old reference, still talks about doing a Devon lock. It's still out there in the vernacular because the horse suddenly, on the final straight, just kind of suddenly spread eagles, doesn't it? It, it, it is a bizarre moment in Grand National history. You see... Devonlock, uh, as mentioned there in, uh, in that wonderful newsreel, owned by the Queen Mother, who was, was passionate about jump racing. And obviously, 1956, uh, it, you know, it was an exciting moment for us. I was such a good horse who'd been running well and, had, you know, negotiated those fiendishly difficult national fences as they were then. And suddenly to do that. Now, Dick Francis obviously became extremely well known for his thriller writing. Mm. But he said uh, one of the reasons he thinks the horse did the spread eagling was because the crowd were just making so much noise as it was about to celebrate a royal winner. Wow. And the horse just got slightly sort of spooked, uh, spooked almost yeah, by, yeah, the, yeah. by the by although there were other theories, a shadow from one of the fences. But that seemed to be the theory that Dick Francis had. It then was and the horse ESB overtook him, ridden by a guy who actually in those days was a bit of a, a, a phenomenal jockey round the national fences. He managed to ride 
round the right, those fences then nine times. Wow. And that was and D D David Dick is, was his name. And he was a terrific jockey in his own right, a horse trained by Fred Rymel. But clearly, Devonlock had won the race, but, and everyone was about to celebrate. And then suddenly this freakish um, moment. And the Queen, all she said is, oh, that's racing. <laughs> I bet the Queen Mother sunk a bottle of Gordon's in the evening. I think, I think well, she I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that might have been Jubonnet and bit of lemon. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. uh, right. Do you know the tipple of the Royals, yeah, Rupert? I know you, you mix in high circles. <laughs> what, what do they favour? Well, uh, I believe the Queen Mother would have loved it back in the day, a Jubonnet and bit of lemon. Is that, was, that a, was that her okay, thing, was yeah. it? Yeah, um, and... Uh, so, but I mean, there would be other, but that was one that I, I was aware of. Right. Um, but I don't, you, can you get Dubonnet now? I, I'm oh, not you sure can probably still yeah, find it out there, can't you? Yeah, I'm sure you can somewhere. Yeah, well, um, well, we might be having to drink it if, if we can find it. <laughs> <There's nothing laughs> Something at the back of the cupboard, that's all that's going <laughs> yeah. to be left. That's very true. Yeah. Any more Princess Anne but, Thunderbird or anything like that? What's Princess Anne's uh, tipple of choice, Rupert? Do you know? Can you enlighten uh, us? Uh, I, I, can't, I can't enlighten you on Princess Anne's. Um, a tipple of choice. Okay. Um, so I, I'm sorry about that. That's I okay. I, mean, I, I, I did know Princess Margaret liked a glass of whiskey. Or well, yeah, I think I could have told uh, you and, that. And she, <laughs> yeah, but, but she was very particular about her brand. And once, uh. once she turned around to a friend of mine and went, wrong whiskey. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, dear. So Don't blame had, had to run off. That was in the crown. I saw that bit. It was yeah, tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. Look out for that line yeah. in the yeah, in the next series of the crown. <laughs> yeah, wrong right, whiskey. Someone... Thank you very much. Yeah. Cheers, enjoy. Rupert. No we will catch up with you tomorrow. These are, we're enjoying your commentaries. It's brilliant. Let's hope we've got the right number of riders tomorrow. But we should be okay. If all racing's off, we'll have to let him commentate on old racing. We're just getting virtual. Yeah, just do some old racing for us. Thank you, Rupert. All the best. No problem. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talks. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
from TalkSport. Joining us now is a man who's launched, he's, he's thought about it for a while and this has given him the opportunity to put it together. And it is our own Ian Danter, commentator and presenter. Good afternoon, Dance. Hello, Paul. Hi, Andy. How are you? Good, Good thank you. Things. Now, you've, we've been delving in the archives a little bit over the last uh, week or so and you've done likewise for your podcast, haven't you? Yeah, it's it's uh, called Ian Dancer's Barmy Old Podcast and the reason for the title is that way back when in a different radio life, before I knew you gents, I used to present a show called The Barmy Brummies up on local radio in the Midlands, which was my first sort of big show and it was a it was a comedy based sketch show and at drive time it was a you know a, a big deal for me. It'd been a complete change in my career and lifestyle up to that point. And I've got uh, at home I've got about at, at least a hundred Mini discs, remember those? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, absolutely crammed full of sketches. Everything we ever recorded as a team as the Barmy Brummies, with me and um, Sean Percival and Andy Robinson, the two writers that were with me, and they're all on mini disc. Every sketch and song, a lot of you know, there's a lot of miss along with a hit. Let's have it right when I listen back <laughs> to true. some of this. That's true of all of us, of well, course. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like naked baby photos, isn't it? When when you you. you, you you're listening back through some of this stuff. God, how did that make it to air? Yeah. Uh, but in amongst the the dross, there is some good stuff. And what uh, I kept getting asked for things from from uh, listeners up in Broome and the West Midlands, you know, all the time. And so, with the the, the time that I have now, um, I thought I'd put a little podcast together featuring some of the old uh, sketches and parody songs that I used to do back in the day before uh, before TalkSport yeah. took me on. Well, just before we hear it, Ian, what, what did you do before you did this? I mean, you said a change of career. I mean, what, what was your yeah, early... Well, when I left college, I worked in a bank for a year. <laughs> and then, yeah, um, and then I, I got a job in a, in a local um, music shop just outside Sully Hill, where, where I grew up, and worked there for a couple of years. And then I graduated to a, a massive guitar shop in the centre of Birmingham, don't look for it, it's not there anymore, in the words of Spinal Tap. It was called Musical Exchanges. Oh, yeah, I remember it well. Spent yeah. five very, very happy years there mm. um, selling guitars and goodness knows what else. Uh, and then um, what happened was my best friend, uh, my best mate to this day, Keith Laurent, sent a letter to Tom Ross, who, of course, we know now at TalkSport. But back then, in the, yeah. in the late 90s, was the head of sport at, at BRMB and said, my mate, Ian, he does the best Trevor Francis impression you'll ever hear. He should be on the radio. (laughs) And and I don't know what piqued Tom's interest in that letter because he must get letters like that all the time about, oh, this guy should be on the radio. But long story short, I I got on the wireless. um, Initially, as the travel reporter, the old eye in the sky bloke, um, (laughs) flying above the the city centre of Birmingham every day, giving travel reports. And then, you know, as things built up, I suddenly got my own show and the Barmy Brummies... Was was kind of the end game when we got the the drive time show, and that was twenty years ago now. I wow. bet you did the travel reports in the style of uh, Trevor France. I did, <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was working with a guy called Les Ross, who is one of the great all time broadcasters. Mm. Um, he he did breakfast in Birmingham uh, as long as Chris Tarrant did when he was working in London, you yeah. know, on local radio. Sure, uh, and Les was a. Just he could talk for England about anything, but he gave me uh, a lot of leeway to to have some fun uh, and do the travel, as you say, as 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 Trevor or whoever it might have been at the time, yeah. Desline and whatever. It it was a great a great training ground for me to to learn what worked and what didn't in terms of on air comedy and learn from somebody like Les at the same time. Now you know, you do a bit of a director's commentary on the uh, on the podcast, so you kind of talk people through what was going on. Uh, 
at the time. And we're about yeah. to play a clip which is a kind of parody of, a, of an ad. But it was at a time when all the clubs in the region were struggling. It's, it's going to take yeah. us back to 2005-06 season and they all looked like they were on the cusp of going down, all of them potentially. That's right. Well, two of them did in the end. Mm. Uh, Birmingham West Brom did go down. Villa managed to stay up. But at the time, I think it was probably just after the turn of the year in 2006 when we did this sketch. It was looking grim for all three clubs. So uh, we we, uh, we came up with this idea, Sean and me, the, uh, the, so what if there was a spoof ad for a new computer game just for our region, yeah. the management sim? This is how it came out. EA Sports brings you the ultimate battle for survival. West Midlands Football Manager 2005. Scratch your head like Steve Bruce, gesticulate wildly like Brian Robson, and talk crap like David O'Leary. Can you come up with the excuses that will keep you in a job in the top flight? Or will you just say the first thing that comes into your head? Huh? They're, they're a good bunch of lads in that way. Another embarrassing home defeat at St Andrews. Oh, blasted. Another key midfielder on the baggies treatment table. Oh, bother. And another quality player refuses to go to Villa Park. Oh, The transfer window is open, but the chairman's wallet is shut and the voices of discontent are getting louder. What a load of rubbish! What a load of rubbish! Players can't hear that, that's for sure. Uh, that, that is the players, Mr. <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> we should point yeah, out that they are very some are football, some are sports, some aren't really, aren't they? Yeah, so you, yeah, there's yeah, a mixture of, of that's everything. That's a good production in yeah, there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was, that's all down to me. I mean, by, by, by a certain point, I, I'd learned how to be... That, that was in, as I say, 2006, and I was using a, a thing called Pro Tools at that time, which was a, 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 you know, a nice, easy-to-navigate system. But I'd... Back in, in, in the day when I was at BRMB, you'd have loved this, Paul, because we used to do parody songs and we had two mini-disc players in the spare studio, hmm. one to record on and one to play on to. Wow. And I, I used to layer backing tracks with, with a, a little Yamaha PSR keyboard that I had, you know, 100 sounds, 100 rhythms, yeah. sort of thing you get in Argos. Yeah. And my... And my guitar that I bought with me with a little effects processor. So I would build things up. I'd record the drums first using the keyboard. And then I'd play that back and record the bass on top of that. And then record the guitar. And, oh, it was painstaking and, and took forever. But we, we always got some good results out of it in the end. Yeah, good stuff. Now, we, um, it's available on, where can people find it? On SoundCloud well, and, or else? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's on Audio Boom at the minute, uh, oh, yeah. and it should hopefully be on iTunes and Spotify before too good. long. Basically, if you just Google uh, Ian Danter Barmy Old Podcast, you'll yeah. find it. It's, it's right there on, on Audio Boom, right at the top of the search engine. So just type in Ian Danter Barmy Old Podcast, and it's there. Fantastic. Which is there for you, as yeah. Graham Taylor would say. Marvellous. You also work for a, a music uh, station, Planet Rock. You do some shows for them as well as doing yep. fine work for us. And I, I listen, I really enjoyed your chat with uh, with Mike Rutherford, Tony Banks and Phil Collins, of Genesis going back on the road, the, the original three. Yep. Well, three of the original. And then well, there were three. <laughs> yeah, not quite the original three, but you know, Phil, it doesn't matter. But yeah, three, three members of the band. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. So, <laughs> you know, you'll get people saying, well, in fact, Phil Collins wasn't the original I drummer. <laughs> I think you'll find that was Anthony. Oh, I get the idea. He wasn't the original drummer. So um, you had a chat with him, and um, it brought up a great old TalkSport clip. You asked Mike Rutherford about it. We're going to play the clip uh, again and then see what Mike had to say about it. So uh, this is the Ian Collins show back in the day, and Genesis Mike 
Mike Rutherford, uh, from Mike and the Mechanics, of course, as well, was a guest on the show, and, and they got a call. We're going to take some calls. Mike Rutherford is with us from Mike and the Mechanics. 08704 202020. This is Mark, who's down in London. Mark. Hello, Ian. Hi, you're through to Mike. Uh, good evening. Hi. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? Seen you several times. Right. Hamburg, Manchester, and Birmingham. That's good. That was in the 70s uh, when Phil Collins was on the drums. Right. Now, a question I've got to ask you here is how did you come out with the Salisbury Hill? Where did that come from? Because that was a brilliant, 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 one of the best songs I've ever heard. Right. Well, unfortunately, that wasn't me. That was a, a song by Peter Gabriel. Well, it was Peter, yeah, but weren't you involved in that? No, that was his sort of that was his first real kind of solo album he did when he, when he left uh, Genesis. But I mean, I agree. I think it's I think it's a great song. I've seen Genesis live several times, and they're one of the greatest sounding bands I've ever seen in my life. What do you think of Supertramp? <laughs> What do you think of Supertramp? When you're in a hole, stop digging, mate. It's That's true. the thing, isn't it? We, we did say when when we heard that uh, Genesis reformed, we did wonder what Mike did think of Supertramp. So after you'd had the chat about reforming in the tour, you yeah. you asked Mike Rutherford about that clip, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Mike's went down and everything. We'd had a half-hour chat, and I, I, I'd remembered so, something had jogged my memory <clears> about that clip. The, the day before. I don't know what it was. It might even be one of you two gents. But anyway, mm. I asked him. I said, do you, do you have any recollection of, of that at all? And he said, what are you talking about? So I, I, you know, went through it all with him. And he absolutely creased himself laughing. He said, I don't remember that. That sounds the most surreal conversation <laughs> I could ever possibly have had on the radio <laughs> about anything. But no, it, it, for some reason, the, the, the conversation had completely slipped his mind. I think he just was yeah. trying to... I think he was burying it, wasn't he? I think you would, wouldn't you, really? How did you you come up with Salisbury Hill? For all the songs that Genesis had written on all the albums that had come out by then, and the bloke comes out with one. wasn't exactly not spoiled for choice, was he? It's just the way he says, oh, it's the best band ever, he's sounding great. I've seen you three times, but I've nowhere the Supertramp question. No, he was was very diplomatic about Mm. it, was Mike, but he... uh, Having recounted to him again, he, 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 he fell about laughing. I think he, uh, he, we never know, he might be listening this afternoon and might have heard that clip again for the yeah. first time since it actually happened. If we've played that many times, there's degradation in it. <laughs> yeah, it, dro- <laughs> it drops oh, out. Oh, you've got to, ba- you've got to bake it in the oven for half an hour beforehand, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> like Bohemian Rhapsody before you play it back. Yeah, Finally, yeah, that's yeah. Tony. It's like 9.32. It only exists from Gilo's iPad. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, know, that's board. an incredible scratchy old clip, isn't it? Yeah, you have to play yeah. that on 78 RPM. I think you do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tony Forrest has been in touch finally, says, um, <coughs> Desi's Diary, which was obviously a feature you did back yes. on the show, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, uh, as part of this first episode of uh, Ian Dancer's <coughs> Barmy Old Podcast, you will find an episode, well, it was it had two titles, Desi's Dedications or Desi's Diary, depending on the station we were on at the time. It's just, it's Julian and Sandy for the uh, modern day generation, oh, okay. basically, right. featuring Des Lynham. There's also a clip on this first podcast of Des singing Craig David. Oh, uh, you'll hear from David O'Leary and uh, and Steve Bruce uh, and 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 uh, one of our famous Mister Men stories as well. It's 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 great. But it's only about twenty five, twenty six minutes, and it's uh, it's good fun. Hopefully, p- 
people will uh, have a chance to listen to it and enjoy. Ian Dancer's Barmy Old Podcast. Excellent, Dance. Uh, thanks, now. Dan. We've got to start a new series tomorrow. It's a um, it's a talking book. It's a famous footballing talking book, mm. and dancers use his contacts in the game to to bring it to life for <laughs> us. Forward so, to hearing it. So thank you ever so much for uh, putting us together with the man himself, and uh, it's it's written by a uh, a Premier League manager, book written by oh, a yeah. Premier League manager, and he'll be reading it himself for us tomorrow. Very, very, very exciting. Dance, all the best. We'll catch up with you soon. You too, chaps. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Andy, you've been trying to take in a sporting mm. documentary um, most nights. I have, To give yeah. you a fix of sport. Have you got mm. one in the pipeline for tonight? We I've got loads, that. but I don't know what it'll be. I've got... I, I downloaded a lot of 30 for 30s. Um, my, I quite, I'm quite enjoying the English ones. I enjoyed the one last night, and uh, I've got two tribes about uh, Liverpool and Everton. Oh, yeah, 80s, yeah. So I think that might be quite interesting as mm. well. Uh, but, you know, I'll give it a go, Good. one way or another. Um, what have we got here? This, uh, Oh, yeah, I said to you that these sort of small stories that I always like are quite thin on the ground. They're mm. sort of like, oh, for obvious reasons, but some of these are slightly desperate. Strictly host Claudia Winkleman, 46. 46, was, yeah. I think it is. Known for her straight hair and eye-skimming fringe, so she's up for experimenting with a new curly hairstyle. Mm. <laughs> okay, then. That's story, uh, well, she it? may have to because <laughs> well, she can't go true. to hairdressers. Well, I, don't think she I think we're to. all going to be experimenting <laughs> with our barnets over the next few weeks. Yes, I was supposed I, to get. I, I won't be able to. I was supposed to get a haircut this Thursday. Uh, mm. I was going along, but of course now I'm not. So, no. um, so it, I, 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 there was a while back when I got a bit long. And you do look a bit like a bit of a sort of middle-aged swinger. <laughs> it just, you know, it gets, you get too long. No, it's not good if it's too long. It's, but you know, what are you going to do if it, it can't? You can't Mine go to really the grow. I remember growing on the run to the. You can't from, cut your own hair. We talked about that oh, the other no. day. It's a skilled job. It's very isn't difficult. It? Yeah, there are YouTube things for doing it. But on the run to the uh, <laughs> we, we, Munich um, win in you know, Champions League win for Chelsea. Yeah, I decided not to get my hair cut. But I haven't got the sort of hair now that grows like this. It just became wispier and wispier. Really? Not a good look, really. And uh, your wife is a hairdresser, well, that's though. that's right. And so. she's got the clippers, and you're very low maintenance, well, aren't I you? Am, so yeah. it's, it's, uh, in certain, in the hair sense, I'm yeah, low in the hair sense, you are. Of course, no other, that's right, yeah. no other sense at all. Uh, Marius Ballon. Who? Okay, yeah. Not Barry <laughs> Bannon. No, Marius Ballon, 25. Marius Ballon, yeah. You got Has he ever won the Ballon d'Or? <laughs> Not for driving. Okay. You got 138 points, a 15 really? grand fine. Well, more than Liverpool. Two and a half year ban, oh, exactly. Wow. For speeding 23 times near his home in Ipswich. Okay. Thank goodness he's in lockdown. For goodness sake. Well, the magist- magistrates, the magistrate, what they just talking to Rupert. What are the magistrates said on the 23rd time? You know, it's just ridiculous. Yes. You're learning your lesson, clearly, mate. The um, mm. We were going to talk dog racing today, um, but, of course, dog racing is now off as well. It was oh, the one no, surviving sport. Shame, really. But thank you to the Metro, because they furnished us with a dog racing fact yesterday. Oh, did they? What was it? What's the connection between country and western legend Kenny Rogers, the late great, talked about him yesterday, prominent Nazi Rudolf Hess, really? Prince Edward, <laughs> Harry Redknapp, and Madness, plus Blur, Sid James, Ricky Ponting, Jimmy White, Stan Bowles, Glenn Hoddle, Vinnie Jones, and Ted Dexter. The answer, they all owned dogs. Association with Greyhound Racing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wanda, the wife of... Uh, I'll see Ted Dexter. It's like Walthamstone <laughs> dogs. <laughs> the dogs. They're, they're 311 from Romford. <laughs> Wanda, who's the wife of uh, Kenny Rogers, um, used to attend Portsmouth Dog Track. Did she? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Kenny's never featured as much as he has in the past two days. I on know, this it's show. a shame, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Hess walked to Greyhound every Saturday before it raced at Merthyr. <laughs> no. Yeah. Rudolf Hess. Remember when he? I, I suppose it was that part of his. When he came over, he flew over. All right. Nominally to make peace. Oh yeah. Uh, as he claimed, and um, of course it was then banged up, wasn't he? And oh. uh, so maybe they just let him walk a greyhound as a bit of exercise. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, while the Prince's uh, Druids Jono was second in the 1990 Derby, uh, owned by Prince Edward. So what about that? Um, the oh, the no. connection with dog racing and a fairly eclectic lineup who, of people. Who knew? Uh, we're seeing lots of instances of people being incredibly stupid as well as people mm. being incredibly wonderful. And uh, this one here, thieves are swiping face masks from a fancy dress shop. You think, you're not going to get any protection from Donald Duck or a Prince Charles, are you? I suppose you might. I mean, maybe that's sure the next will. development. Yeah. People are wearing surgical masks or the one that, you know, people that they're taking asbestos off an old roof, the kind of one you've yeah. got. Andy, but maybe it will come to people wearing Donald Trump or Donald mm. Duck or other Donald-based masks. I don't it's know. true. I've ordered a, uh, a virus-rejecting balaclava. It's on its way. Yeah, from uh, it's a company called. It's the Virostatic Shield. Okay, so is yeah, it an actual? They're balaclava? making an extra six hundred thousand a week. Yeah, basically it is. Yeah. So, so you're going to you're going to do the show in a full balaclava? <laughs> well, I might do. What a great thing. Anyway, it's time now for a bit of sport here on the show. Oh, okay, yeah, competitive sport. It's yeah. a bit of a T20 birthday spread, a, a two-name. Ex- for, for those uh, just joining us, this is a very simple game, and you can play along as well. Andy is about to give me two uh, people's birthdays. Mm. Today, are they? Today, yeah. Today's two people's birthday. birthdays today. Yeah. And I have to try and guess uh, how mm. old they are. And um, within those two birthdays, you've got a kind of margin of error. Haven't? You right. think I'm going to be so many years out on each You one. are very good at this, so... Uh, you have been over the years. You're still pretty excellent at it. So uh, it's two names. It's two people you don't know. Often in the past, it'll be people you did know, so right. that would be less of a spread. Here are two people you don't know, so I think this is quite tricky for you. But I'm being hard. I want it to be sporting, so I'm going to go 15 years across the two. So I've got to be 50, within 15 within years. Within 15 years. A- difficult. I feel, I, feel I could have been names. generous, more okay, generous. Okay, well, I'll give it a crack. Take okay. it away. Well, a very, very happy birthday to the A.G. Leventis Professor of Greek Culture at the University of Cambridge from 2000. 2008 to 2014. Paul Cartledge. Okay. Paul Cart. I thought he'd been removed. <laughs> yeah, that's torn it, as they say. <laughs> exactly. 2008. Oh, he joined in. That's good. 2008 to 2014. He normally trash my jokes. That was, his, that was his catchphrase. <laughs> 2008 to 2014, mm. the Cartledge years. I'd say he is 71. 71. What is he? he the is. boy Cartman. Oh, tremendous. 73. 73, so two out, which gives me 13 Ooh, still to play with. I've got yes. a bit of slack to play with as I try and guess the second okay. birthday. Please so, play so along at home. Very happy birthday once again to the chairman of Associated British Foods, Michael McClintock. Yeah, Associated British Foods. Yeah, I had to be very honest with Michael once. Uh, one time I said to him, I said to be frank, McClintock. <laughs> I'm sure you did. So, um... Uh, is he still? You say still in that role? Oh, is he? He, um, oh that's a, yeah. Well, yes. Oh, he is. Okay. Yes, um, he's the chairman of the Associated British Foods. Mr. McClintock, I'd say he is sixty-two. <sighs> Very good. You are good. It's fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. So six out, which gave, still gave me nine to work oh, with on the two effort there. So if you, uh, there we are. If you beat me, well done to you. Pat on the back and all. Mm. That. So, uh, there we are, some live sport. <laughs> Tremendously exciting, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> Tremendous competitive game uh, that was. was Marvellous, yeah. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, yes, I probably do. Mm. Uh, where, where are they? 
Uh, I'm trying to be kind. Do you know what it is? Sometimes I write these things down and I think, you They're know, cruel, this is a time they? to be kind. I mean, I've got a piece about Rita Ora being incredibly self-obsessed, but I think... I think you know. you've, the damage has been done there, hasn't it, really? <laughs> the damage has been done? It probably has, really, yes. But you're and being... Is this the new I'm, trying to be, I'm trying to be kind. OK, well, that's nice. You keep <laughs> being kind, Danny. I think, it's, I think that's It's not easy. At it's this, important at the moment. At this stage. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm going to the next page here. Oh, wow, OK. Oh, a lot of papers. What's on the other page? Have you, got, oh, yeah. have you found me on the other page? Page two, yeah. Uh, fighters rescued a trapped pet ferret oh, yeah. after it got stuck in a kitchen sink waste pipe in Drayton, Norfolk. Oh, that's not nice, is it? <laughs> a big story, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. How did they get in there? i got no idea. That was in the papers, was it? It was in the papers, yeah. I didn't make it up. OK, Oh, good. this actually, no, I can understand this one. Uh, this was a driver who revealed his, uh, his backside was burned by his BMW heated seat. Ben wow. Peeler, 24, mm. leapt out of the X3 as his fleece caught fire. Now, my mate used to have a BMW, a very nice one, actually. Yeah. And it had these heated seats. And he'd say to me, oh, look, try the heated seats. I'll turn them on. And it would get so hot that it would, I, you could feel that. You could feel, you, you know. I, I, had a, I had a car a while back. I, I bought a second-hand car and, it, and one of the extras. It was fully loaded. Fully and loaded, fully loaded, sir. Yeah. And uh, it did have it did have the um, the heated seats as well. But these were they just gave you a, a kind of mild warmth. No, no, this was. I don't think my mates would have caught. This, this sounds like a fleece wouldn't have caught. This sounds. Fire. To, I'm no BMW <laughs> diagnostic engineer, but this sounds to me like some kind of malfunction <laughs> has taken place. I don't think. I don't think you know they're, they're no, not supposed to set like their underpants, are they? Not really. No, it's not really the idea. It's, it's just not, to take the chill off ideal. on a cold morning. <laughs> Surely, yeah, you yeah. would think it's true. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. So, uh, what's on telly tonight? Let's find out uh, with Brighton support. Recording TV preview, of course, for the star, Mr. Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Hi, guys. So, um, did you check out Jamie's emergency keep calm and carry on cooking show last night? Yes, I did. Oh. I was, I was sort of, it's very hard to know, I guess, you know, how you, how do you pitch this in, in these times? Because it was all about, you know, they made this show at very short notice and mm. turned it around quite quickly. And it's all about making the most of store cupboard ingredients, kitchen staples. But you soon realise that the, Jamie Oliver's idea of kitchen staples and things that are just hanging around in your store cupboard, <laughs> not quite the same as everybody else. <laughs> he, was, he was putting together one thing and he said, yeah, well, you might, yeah, just, if, if nothing else, just chuck some pine nuts in. And I'm thinking, have you, do you know how much pine <laughs> nuts cost about four pounds for a tiny little bag about the size of a packet of dry roasted in the pub remember pubs oh it's yeah basically yeah it's it's if you uh, get a wrong pine nut it can really do it can, what I, can it do to you it makes your mouth go bitter it's like oh. you get a metallic well, funny enough on, on sky one tonight yeah. there's when pine nuts go bad <laughs> it's on at nine o'clock so, so i would recommend them you could really. be one of the talking heads in oh, there you don't want a so, metallic yeah. mouth so um yeah, I thought it yeah. should have been somebody, you know, he has to be very Jamie Oliver and upbeat about it, but I wasn't quite sure whether that felt right, because it felt as if it should be more sort of instructional than than, than just, you know, Jamie mm. being Jamie and, and sort of everything with a flourish. You yeah. Know? yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It's a, whatever he does, you know, he's, he's going to get criticism from some you know, yeah. direction. But it's on every That's night, true. is it? It's on every tea time. Yeah. So you can sort of watch it and then immediately go to your cupboard and realise all the ingredients you don't <laughs> have. You've got any pine nuts. <laughs> even, yeah. the cho- even the chopped tomato. Those look like those ones that cost about four pounds a tin. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you see, I reckon pine nuts would be easier to get than, say, toilet rolls. Oh, no, toilet like rolls that. are back. Oh, oh toilet rolls are Apparently, back. Apparently, there there's full, I've been told there's full pallets. I mean, as we can, you know, the, <laughs> oh, good news. the panic buying, hopefully, is all, I even saw paracetamol in, in a shop yesterday. So. Oh, really? Marvellous. I think he's doing a recipe with that tonight. Took me, he should make a, a paracetamol and pine nut surprise. <laughs> yeah. One so, thing you have picked out for tonight, I've yes. already seen my wife turn me on to this and I just had a chat with our young producer here the Windsors mm. yes. uh, it's really funny and it's a bit like spitting image only with real people it's exactly that I mean it's, I think this is season sorry series three yeah um, um, I, first time around I wasn't sure because I just think I'm not a great fan of comedy that's sort of you know fish in a barrel comedy obvious easy targets and I thought yeah spitting image it did it so well so long ago um, but I've warmed to it now because it's sort of it's not spiteful and it's not it's not cruel. It's quite heartwarming in its own way. You say you've got Harry Enfield as Prince Charles, for example, and various He's other very good recognizing first. And and you know everybody's playing sort of caricatures of all the obvious um, uh, you know characters and princes. But they're not sort of impressions. They're sort of they're ridiculously wrong in, in a way. <laughs> and that's what's so funny about it because it's not just somebody trying their best to be Prince Harry or Meghan. It's it's sort of the fact that they are quite off what they would be if you were doing it as an impression. Mm. You know, they're like an altern- alternative world. Yeah, I watched version. this one where David Beckham was wooing Princess Anne because he wanted a knighthood. Yes, <laughs> very, absolutely. Very, very funny. Uh, exactly it. He doesn't, he, I mean, you don't think, oh, he's doing a David impression, <laughs> David Beckham impression. You just think, oh, right, okay, that's how they're doing David Beckham in this context and Princess Anne getting very, very upset. Uh, and when she gets upset, she does. She turns into a horse. Well, not literally. <laughs> yeah. But her laugh and her sort of cry of, 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 of disdain is... is is very much uh, that of a, of a horse. Equine. <laughs> Equine, that's, yeah, what, fair, that's the word. Yeah. So 10.15, Channel 4 tonight, the uh, Windsors. Uh, we have a new channel launching today, and I've already found that a couple of times we've you know, a kind of good Pixar cartoon amongst all the mayhem, just on in the background when you're doing other stuff, is quite soothing. So maybe this channel will do quite well. Tell this us more. Disney Plus, oh, yeah. yeah. Yet another streaming service. So obviously, you know, we've, we've got the likes of Netflix and Amazon Prime. We had... Apple TV Plus, which started uh, a few weeks ago, Disney Plus is is now Disney doing going at it um, the hell for leather. So it's basically uh, its own stuff and stuff that's under the Disney umbrella, such as Pixar stuff, things as you say. Start. I'm saying stuff a lot. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> when you say they've got 26 original films, are we talking? The classic, I do love those wonderful animated, you know, the original. What do you mean, what, Disney. Snow White and stuff? Snow you White. remember those first time you were there in the old front row of the <laughs> cinema, weren't you, Andy, for that one? Snow White, isn't it wonderful what they could do with technology? Now, look, she's moving and everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's so brilliant. That animation, in a way, is so much better than modern animation. Are they going to show some of the gold as well on this, you think? What you mean, the classics? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't know. Hmm. I'll, I'll be honest, it's five, it says it says more than 500 films available to. Yeah, I'm getting swamped with this stuff to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, make are. it go away. More than 500 <laughs> films, um, superhero stuff, so Avengers, X Men, Fantastic Four, that kind of thing. Uh, a, a live action update, I can't wait for this. A live action update of Lady and the Tramp. That's right. Mm. That's oh, kind okay. of, you know. Kind I never of, used to like, as a kid. I never used to like those sort of live action animal films that he made. I was oh, oh what, no, what, what fantastic! What was the one with the, the, the dogs the, that went the across? Yeah, there, there the was one, yeah, yeah, that was yeah the dogs that went across the um, thing. went across the states, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I can't remember what it's called either. Um, <laughs> 
that it, one. It certainly wasn't called the dogs that went across the uh, state. I think it might. I think that. I think it when it went on to DVD, they changed the title <laughs> yeah. to that. That's what to look it up. But at. it's an, it's yeah. another it's it's another six quid. But with all the kids off school, it could be yeah. a lifeline for some it, it, parents. I think it, it could well be, and I suspect you know, and people probably feel quite comfortable with the brand as well, don't they? So if you're going to, yeah. you know, if you get something for the kids, um, I never seen the. I don't think I've ever got to the end of Snow White. I took my daughter to see it about three really? times, and she was like, she screamed the cinema down. Why is yeah. that? She just found it f- creepy to it, this day. It is quite a scary film, isn't it? Yeah, it's it true. Is. It, it is quite, quite creepy. Yeah, we're quite square. It's squarey. Quite squarey. It's quite, quite square. I don't know. I, I, at the moment, I feel I've got enough stuff to watch in terms <laughs> of, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, you know oh. channels. Are you not going to go? I don't services. think you were the target audience for Probably Disney not, Plus, no. really, Andrew. Probably say that. Yeah, that's true. Um, finally, our girl. Uh, yes, which this is, is back, popular, isn't it? Uh, the, 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 it's one. I, you know, I, you know, I, I've never seen it. I no. mean, I've always seen it on. And I've just never got round to watching it. But uh, it's the final series. It so is there's still time. It's just one of those. It's an army. It's, it's an army drama. Michelle Keegan plays this army medic. Or, or, at the start of this fifth series, mm. she's sort of uh, decided she's not going to go anymore. Uh, on any more tours of duty she's back at home and you know, that's it and, and she is actually uh, uh, leaving at the end of the series so we don't quite know how that's all, all going to pan out but sure enough one of her colleagues persuades her to go back for one last stint in Afghanistan and it's it's one of those things it's all action based you know it's a bit like watching Casualty or I don't know London's Burning or something from years ago you don't stop to pause you don't pause for long to actually sort of weigh things up in, in any sort of uh, any depth right. it's just it just rattles along at a great pace and you get caught up in the drama and uh, you know, she never has a hair out of place. Obviously, yeah, you're always good to say you're quite impressed with her, the her makeup. Now. Extraordinary, flawless, Absol- mm. absolutely flawless. Yeah, so uh, all the way through. So that's impressive. Um, yeah, and you know you're not watching anything that's terribly taxing, but sometimes that's exactly what you want. If they are looking to replace her and keep making series, I understand you, you think Rita from Corrie would I be think a good so. replacement. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they're a shoe in, aren't they? Because, I mean, they had um, Lacey Turner from EastEnders. So just keep that soap momentum going and somebody who just, just ticks all the same boxes, really. Fantastic. Oh, sounds good. Um, back in time for the corner shot that Andy watched uh, no, last week. You weren't yeah. a fan. No. But it's the 80s. It's the 80s, ah. this one. And they're doing... <laughs> yes, yeah. Are you more excited now? Not really. No, okay. they're doing I their own... The wife hated it, though, so I can't, I can't oh, take... Okay. It's a communal thing at the moment. What's really? the point right the they're, way through it? They're um, doing their own version of the Pepsi challenge uh, with their own with the stu- with the products they stock. I, I suspect for all sorts of reasons they couldn't do the, the, the real one. So they take two of the products that they stock in the corner shop in the eighties. One of which, one of which is Panda Cola, which I, re- I recognise. I've never heard of ro- Roller Cola. R O L A. Roller Cola. No, it's a regional yeah. thing. No, it's a new it one. Must have been a regional Catch thing. But anyway, they both look as if I'd probably just rather spend the extra. And, and Martin Fry's in it from ABC. Martin Fry from Top ABC man. wanders in with a stack of old smash hits. Um, I don't know why. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that'd be good. Um, well, do you want them repaired? No, no, no. It's the magazine, man. Smash Hits magazine. Yeah, well, why is he bringing them back for, to the corner it, shop? He's walking to the corner shop. Oh, no, that's no, not that's the repair, the repair shop. shop. And oh, you're getting confused. I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> want someone to sellotape all the pages oh, yeah, back no, together. <laughs> why did you think they were doing Coca-Cola <laughs> cola challenges? Andy getting confused. <laughs> it's all right, Nan. That's the repair let's do shop, more Nan. Often. Let's, do, let's, let's review two different shows at the same time. Because <laughs> he got confused because they had the word shopping. Uh, that's what it was. That'll always, that'll always be Thank, Thank you, so Mike. Enjoy your night's telly and we'll catch with you tomorrow thanks for him cheers guys why well, I never this. became a TV reviewer for, yeah that's for what, lots why, of why do they want them repaired <laughs> no I don't think so the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport here we are that was this afternoon it's good I got show. the wrong end of the wrong programme <laughs> yeah that was good yeah not the repair shop um, it was just another shop it was the corner shop had the word shop in the title that yeah. was good enough for me so um, we'll be back tomorrow 
from one with a show with a bit of a difference, which we'll explain uh, more yeah. about then. So uh, until then, thanks for listening and keep safe. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.